And welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defect Podcast. It is still me, Winter, a man with a microphone in a room talking to you from the past. Like a shit Doctor Who, that's me. Yes, without any fans, without any TV license money, sweet TV license money as Declan Kennedy will know all about. This is episode 28 with Matt Hoss. Now I have met Matt Hoss at Monkey Shine, the University Canterbury gig. Matt Haas is a master in comedy, and I'm saying that he has done a degree in drama and a master's in comedy. Fair play to him, I talked to him a bit about that. Matt is a lovely fella. We met at Monkey Shine a few years ago, and we've been friends ever since. Such a nice guy. I closed his gig in December, wasn't many there. I went back to Canterbury University to do a gig, and unfortunately, Every fucker had gone home after doing their exams. That's how it goes sometimes. That's how comedy is. Sometimes you play to a a full room. Sometimes you play to two people. And then I drove back home laughing to myself. Because that's how it is sometimes. As I say, it it can be highs and lows in comedy. I talked to Matt a lot during this show, this episode. We talked for at least an hour and a half in my car, on a pier. It's quite romantic, it really was. A bit sinister sometimes too. I expected the police to knock on the window and ask us what we were doing at the pier. Because in my day, they would probably knock on the window expecting to do drugs in the car down on the pier. But not now. It's too busy with Brexit, maybe. Not now. It didn't happen. I was kind of disappointed. I was hoping to have a recording of a policeman knocking on the window going, what are you doing down on the pier? Oh, we're recording a podcast for the comedy defect. Oh, the comedy defect. We know it well. We listen to it all the time on night shifts. Uh, that didn't happen. So um, this is just me and Matt Haas having a lovely, quiet time with... Uh, well, not a quiet time. We're having a lovely time talking about our feelings. If you don't like people talking about feelings, this is not the episode that you want to listen to. We talk a little bit about depression, but not too much. Matt talks about it. I'm probably just still in denial. We talk about fringe shows. Matt had a fringe show called Vegetarian Man, and he talks about that. We go very deep, actually. This is one of the podcasts which I really enjoyed editing because we go very deep about talking about ourselves and what comedian doesn't like talking about themselves. But hey, this is episode 28. I recorded in December after I closed Matt's gig in Margate. We had a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy it. Go find Matt on Twitter. It's at Matt Haas Comedy. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, all those things. Go and stalk him. He's on Snapchat. He's also on Tinder. Go find him there. Why not? Hey, get closer to him. He's a lovely fella. Now, if you like this podcast and you want to follow us on Twitter, we're there. It's at The Comedy Defect. If you want to follow me, it's at Winter Phonander. We're also on Patreon. Go to Patreon and you can donate as much or as little as you want. But if you can't kick something back to us, just leave us a nice review on iTunes or Podbean because that really helps. You know, if you like it, why not be honest? But this is episode 28. Also, at Guinness Jokes is in the pipeline now. I fully moved in with my wife, so I have got things nailed down. I'm more settled. It's happening. Things are moving. It's great. Feels good, you know. I'm not going to lie. I'm enjoying married life. So far, so good. Probably jinxed it now. Well, I'll let you know how it goes. So this is Matt Haas for episode 28. Happy New Year. I hope you enjoy. Matt Hoss, welcome to the Comedy Defect podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, may I say that was a slick introduction, Mark Marinesque. So, uh, well done. That was good. Yeah, you, I, I appreciate that. So. I've been taking a class. <laughs> Just you stay at home, listen to podcasts on repeat. 
That's exactly what I've been doing. That's a full-time comedian for you. It is. You put the hours in. I do. <laughs> if nothing else, I put the hours in. <laughs> oh, God. That was, that was both uh, accurate and depressing at the same time. Uh, well, it's great talking to you, Mar- uh, Mar- whatever your name is. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. great talking to you, uh, Matt. It's good talking yeah. to you. So, um, so what have you been up to, apart from you, you passed a master's in... Comedy. Comedy, yeah. A master's, not just a degree. You went the whole hog yeah. and got even more debt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, actually, I technically go on a bursary, so I'm only 45 grand in debt from a previous drama degree, so that's good. Oh. That's good. Uh, so it's uh, in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought <laughs> if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna really just screw up my life, I might as well go straight in at the, yeah. the deep end. Really, I'm a master of comedy, which is uh, it was a drama specialism at the University of Kent, and mm. I am. Um, I love the way you're sorry. I love the way you just change into the, the serious mode now. Uh, no, I, 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 I've totally wasted my life. But, but actually, no. Wait, no, no. Let me just explain this to you. What happened? How much I've wasted my life? Uh, what happened was uh, it's a comedic response first, then actual defensiveness got in. It's like, no, no, my parents aren't right. Okay, let me prove them wrong. Like well, that's that's every comedian's like, mantra. I'm going to prove every fucker wrong. You're under that much debt. You're you're being crushed, oh, right? Man. But yeah. at this stage, you're under so much debt that you are nearly a diamond. I'm f- shame break like a diamond. That's, that's good. Mm. Uh, at the end of this podcast, we'll do some karaoke. That'd be uh, nice. Okay. Uh, uh, definitely going to do Avril. Uh, yeah. Well. Okay, right. Sorry. I, I offended you. <laughs> no, I just, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not for or against Avril, you know. I, I didn't vote in the last Avril uh, election, you know. What? Yeah. I'm, get, it, get, uh, I, get out of the studio <laughs> slash car. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, but watch you. out for the pier because we are recording this on a pier right now. I, I suggested we should do the pod on a on a boat, which is right next to us. But apparently, that's not the health and safety etiquette anymore, is it? We like to live on the edge on the comedy effect. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, uh, what's quite funny is we were like, "Get out of the studio now! Talk about your debt in this car." <laughs> Genuinely, it's really lovely to be here. So thank you. I totally hijacked you there. No, no, Tell no. us more about your debt and, and prove to me. <laughs> Prove to me that it was worthwhile doing a master's in, in stand-up um, comedy. Well, Please tell me, right. like, how did you sell this to your parents? <laughs> Genuinely, with great, great trouble. Mm. <laughs> I did my undergraduate degree at the University of Kent. Uh, I was a, uh, I did drama, joint honours with classics. And in the first week, I found out there was a comedy course run by Dr. Oliver Double. He's the first ever person to get, to get a PhD in comedy. And he literally wrote the book on stand-up comedy. He's a very fascinating person. Uh, I realised there was a course in stand-up, uh, and at the time, I was kind of interested in stand-up. I thought I'd be funny at it, but I never thought of how to do it. Well, I come from Yorkshire, and there's not really that much way of opportunity in the art. So uh, I, went, I went down, I saw the three half pints who were a slap, um, slap, slap stick uh, sketch comedy group, and uh, I just saw them perform. I realised an opportunity, and I was like, oh my God, I want to do it. And so for the next three years, I, I worked towards that. I wanted to do that master's in stand-up comedy. And at Christmas time, um, my third year, my mum and my brother were like, what are you going to do afterwards? Because, like, there's not much there. And I was like, but I'm following my dreams. Because my, my, my mantra is kind of just follow your passion, do what you believe in. Uh, that's why I did a degree in drama and classics, because I was like, two things I enjoy. And it's, it's good, but equally, I just finished my dissertation and I've moved back in with my mum at the moment. And straight away afterwards, I was like... Well, that was pointless, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, it was good for the experience of being a comedian, but equally, just uh, it was. Look, you did a degree in drama, right? Yeah. So. Why did you not follow the acting route then? Well, I, I kind of, I, I liked being an actor, and I, I still, I still like to act in some way. But essentially, Ooh. I, as an actor, 
I think I thought I was good at it because I think I'm really deep. But when I was like doing drama at A level and GCSE, firstly I didn't get a good mark for it, but I kind of continued it because I, I enjoyed it regardless. I didn't get good grades, nor did I get good parts either. So I kind of always did like the, the kind of crappy roles, really. I remember I was in my year 13 show. And it's a Christmas play, and I was like, oh, The Sound of Music. And I, firstly, you can't sing, so I have no idea why I applied for this in the first place. But I was like, yeah, I can get a good speaking role. And I got, like, literally one line, and I was like, nah, I'm fine, thank you. Uh, and then after that, I kind of wanted to be a director for a while. I, I had, like, big ideas in my head, really. I, I was always in love with the idea of comedy. So, in some, not necessarily stand-up, but I was in love with, like, just being a comic performer. But what I struggled with in acting and being a theatre director... It takes so long for you to build up a massive... You're doing one show, and that might be for, let's say, 90 minutes, uh, or if it's a fringe show, a 60 minutes. So much preparation and time and props and organisation and theatre lights and stuff like that. Just for one performance, it, it just felt weird. And I'm very driven as a person, and I like getting things done. And with theatre and in that world, you're, you're always waiting on other people. Mm-hmm. And drama students are, like, the most like irresponsible and unreliable people you can be around and so that annoyed me in that that aspect of like i i got here on the specific time but i have to wait half an hour to rehearse if you know what i mean and but so that's why i kind of love stand-up because you can you write it you produce it and you perform it yourself and Mm -hmm. it's it's all on you you know it's high risk high reward Mm. totally totally with you but so you're saying that you got annoyed with it because you, the parts you got, you lost hope in that avenue of performance. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose so. Uh, it wasn't. I didn't necessarily just give up at it. No, uh, but you uh, realised that you're like you're never going to be that the guy, the main lead. You were like, oh man, I'm going to be on the fringe of this. Well, you know, that yeah. like the whole thing. <laughs> and now, okay, do you know what? I'm going to be on the fringe of this on my own terms. Yeah, and I want to write, direct, perform, all this easily. So basically you want to busk. Yeah. <laughs> Stand-up really is busking, isn't it? It like, is, Like, do one yeah. gig to, you go to travel these gigs, you do, like, whatever time you're going to do, and then you go to this other gig, you're on the road, you know, that's it, you're kind of busking for money, aren't you? Well, uh, maybe not for money, but for attention and uh, <laughs> some form of love, yes. You make a valid point there, because what you mentioned is that uh, you're, you're busking, but you're busking, like, you're doing it regularly and often. Hmm. It takes, like, so much rehearsal for you to, to do anything in that act acting realm and I actually I remember so to answer the former part of that question is that I, uh, I in my year 12 play uh, we did Oedipus and that's one of my favourite plays of mm. all time I, I, I love classics and Greek mythology and mm. tragedy it's Freudian I love having relations with my family that's uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's who I am not a bad thing that's <laughs> where the power comes from isn't it either way it could be a dark power <laughs> or a light power that has a, a, a hidden creepiness set in a car <laughs> just mm. <laughs> in a very darkened car mm. Which is us two. <laughs> and, and I realise that my face is totally blacked out because the light is coming from behind me, right? Yes. Yeah, ah, that's yeah. Good. Yeah, but it's nice. It's very atmospheric. You know? <laughs> it feels like an Andy McNabb novel. So that's how you, you changed tack to go to yeah. stand-up comedy. But when did you start thinking that this is something that I want to do? I want to perform. When will you start to think that you want to be a performer? I think I've always been some form of performer. And I, I always thought I was... As a person, quite weird. And I think intrinsically, my, my, me and my family are quite mm. strange people. Uh, I know everyone says that, but genuinely, they, they're, they're crazy, very weird human beings. And that's really, that is very me as a person. I always liked 
not showing off, but just the thrill of just performing. I, I play guitar and I try to sing, but I can't, I can't sing. So in some form of way, I wanted to perform and I tried loads of different outlets, uh, like music, uh, an actor, a director, stand-up. Once I realised it was an option, it mm. felt very clear that that was the option. I've always been some form of performer. I, I think it's like a natural spark, uh, <laughs> if I may say that myself. Well, a natural urge for me to be in front of other people. I think yeah, what it stems from. People always ask me, I'm sure you have the same, it's like, oh, stand-up comedy, I don't know how you could do it. I think it's the other way around. For me, my personal opinion, someone doing an office job, I, I'll be like, well, I don't know how you can do it. I, I just don't like being a mundane person. I've, I've always feel I was always in the fringe and the margin of society, uh, a weird person, and that's kind of reflected in, in my life choices, really, mm-hmm. so... That was far too deep than I anticipated. No, that's great. Uh, yeah. That's great. I'd like to. That's what I want to know. I want to yeah. know your origin story, man. How you thought? No, this is a thing. This is what I need to do. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I you know, because it teaches you so much about yourself. And, and what yeah, it, and, and yeah. Go on. So yeah. I, I think self-reflection is really important as well. Because I think in standard, you kind of get too self-involved, and if you kind of just take a step back and realize where you come from, what annoys me is when. When you well, you've done okay at a comedy gig, it's like ah oh, that was fine, but you kind of beating yourself up because you could have done better. But equally, like uh, you forget, like you, you everything you're doing great, man. Because uh, uh, this is not me saying it to myself, but like just the fact that you're on stage, you're trying to do it, you're trying to work the dream out. Uh, every time you do a gig, you, it steps away from being a dream to reality. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you're trying to like make a marble like sculpture and figure, uh, and every gig's like a stroke on. Uh, like a stroke, a uh, cut away, at it, mm. and it, it takes a long time to cut away at it and grind it down. But eventually, you're going to have some form of masterpiece. But it'll never be finished. You're always cutting away. At it, you know what I mean? <laughs> There's a self-loathing. Yeah, yeah. It's never going to be finished. And There's always going to be something not right about it. About, or about, but it's not about it. It's about me. Yeah, that's it's, it. And that's that, that. That's the great thing about it. it and the marble figure is your own shame as well. There's yeah. a picture there. Just that. Did you guys get this? <laughs> yes, you do. Awesome. I'm. I, I'm. Sem- there's some semblance of me being normal and being able to function in reality but this is my reality but yeah. not real reality because reality is too real this stand-up reality is the only reality that I can control yeah <laughs> and control's a big part of it as well mm, I think so you've got to keep opening yourself up haven't you I mean you're and you're young like you're, yeah, what, you're, what, you're 23 is it I'm um, 23 in a couple of days time oh nice one man yeah. well happy pre you know I've got the first yeah. I'm the first one to wish happy birthday thank yeah, you yeah. Well, we'll shake oh sorry right. <laughs> I need a cabbage that uh, uh, yeah uh, we can we can do that afterwards if we'll shake hands yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just shake hands there guys yeah. okay so that's how you guys are performing and you run a few gigs around the place as well yeah um, it's a bit of a weird place now because um, obviously this is uh, we're recording in December at the moment as I say I've just moved back to Yorkshire and my degree was in Kent where I had all my comedy things I, I run a couple of clubs in Canterbury and Margate and one in Rochester as well they're really lovely gigs what I've done in the last couple of months is uh, about once a month I've did about like a whole week of them back to back. So uh, I had the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and occasionally a Sunday as well. So five days of straight com- uh, like comedy back to back. Occasionally sleeping in a car, and mm. it's good because it shows that I'm dedicated. But oh man, it's tiring. You know, you're not that comedy callous, man. You need that. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, that's the comedy gigs I do. You know, and then that lack of sleep. And you'll have some great stuff come yeah. up because yeah. you'll be just so in the moment with them you're like oh god I'm tired for today we, we've just finished a gig and uh, a, a kids gig early today and uh, comedy for kids right yeah comedy club for kids uh, they're genuinely one of the loveliest 
like mm. places ever. Um, uh, have you done kids comedy? Where was before? that? Where, which one was that? It's a slightly new venue uh, called Brixtania in uh, Brixton, and it was a uh, it was like an enchanted forest, uh, and uh, there's a gig in the middle, and it's uh, it was really lovely actually. Yeah. Some really really creative guys do that yeah. comedy for kids stuff, and it's I'm like I'm blown away. I saw a gig the other day with those guys, and I was like, wow, that's brilliant. And it's, it's, it's just so inventive. So creative and so fun. There's nothing but join it. There's no misery, no but, uh, whatever. That's it. That's the thing. Because um, you can't be patronising to the kids. And the thing is, a lot of people, when they first start doing kids' comedy, is kind of like, they try and do something different. and Because uh, they're trying to like find relatable material. I wrote brand new stuff for it, uh, which is very it's me as a person, but kind of like kid-friendly. What's quite really lovely about it, you're working with professionals. You're uh, working in lovely like venues as well, just in front of a lovely crowd. There's no bad taste with it you know mm. uh, uh, the gig we just did uh, in Margate it's one I run and the last time I was there 90% of the room were Trump supporters not just apathetic towards Trump but genuinely really supported Trump and they were really just like very bitter people you know what I mean uh, but in a kids gig uh, the worst it can get is that they get too hyperactive and they want to join in a little bit more it can go a little bit out of control and you can uh, sometimes not do your set it's just a lovely gig you know do you have brothers and sisters I have one older brother called mm. Alex and mm. he's a <laughs> he's an energy engineer in Great Yarmouth and he he's the one who makes all the money so uh, <laughs> I steal his uh, Netflix account nice you know, I'm a good brother. Big bro, keep sending it back. Keep sending it back. <laughs> That's the thing. I just, I mooch off him so mm. much. Like, uh, but, you know, once I'm rich and famous, you know, I'll probably forget him. <laughs> but, well, one of the things about being a young comedian, uh, everyone, what's really lovely is that people are always really supportive towards you as well. Because like, cause I, I do try quite hard at this. At the moment, it doesn't feel like I'm going anywhere necessarily. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm getting better at the craft, but it's kind of like, it feels a bit like benign. Everyone's so supportive and helpful because I'm trying to go for a dream. Yeah, until I get to like, like 30, you know, it just gets depressing, doesn't it, Winter? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it gets. Uh, I know. I don't want to crush your already, like, <laughs> your already financially ruined dreams. You know. I mean, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. That's well, what I'm saying. Just be fine, okay? <laughs> End quotes. Oh, the poster. Yeah, yeah. Just, I'll be fine. See, <laughs> Bennett. It's fine. Yeah. In fact, my only my only Steve Bennett review of January 2015. It was when I was quite. It's quite fresh, uh, and uh, I was still in the kind of hubristic stage of uh, oh, I'm absolutely quality of this comedy. Mm-hmm. I brought some friends along, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to storm it in front of my friends, mm-hmm. and all the acts did really, really well. I went up on stage and was like really kind of cocky. I was like, "All right, guys, this is going to be easy," uh, and got silence for five minutes. <laughs> and I did a routine about uh, I told my dad I was a vegetarian, and he got angry. And <laughs> then what Steve Bennett put in the review. Bearing on a die on stage, it was really, really lovely. He was like, mixed results about vegetarianism, that horse. <laughs> I was like, that was the kindest thing he could have put. So, right, that's my end poster. Well, you got a quote from him, at least. That's the main thing. Yeah. It can only get better than that, can it? Probably not. No, it will. <laughs> it will. Come on. Like, you know, there's plenty of, you know, there's other quotes you can get from other places as well. I, uh, He's not the king. What I should do is invite Kate Cop to stick around, do the same routine to her in the same circumstances, and get a better quote. She's so. equally venomous that you yeah. need to kind of like you need to detooth that beast as well, don't you? Yeah. Uh, uh, not but, calling her a beast, but you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you need to just sort of these things. Isn't it? You know, the more you perform in front of these people, the less fear you have of them. Well, yeah, well, because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts in my spare time, uh, and Matt Kirshen makes a really 
great point in uh, Sophie Hagen's podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Comedians Telling Stuff. He says you're always at the bottom of a certain group of mm-hmm. comedians because you can be the king of open mic, but you'll start trickling into like a middle set. Yeah, and it's it's hard. You have to learn mm-hmm. to get good at it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And what's quite nice with the comedians I listen to, especially on like ComCom pods and stuff like that, is that they're still scared of reviewers as much as they try and say, oh, I don't read reviews. They're still, it's still important, mm. you know what I mean? Reviews are weird, though, aren't they? You know, it's so subjective. You know, what can you do? It's like, this person doesn't like the stuff about vegetarianism, yeah. and another person likes stuff above it. What the, what the hell? You know, I'm not, you're doing it for you, not for them, isn't it? So as, you can, as long as you can hold on to that, that joy, go, I'm doing this for me, yeah. as well as them, you know? And but, connect with it on that skewed level of you to them, you're going to be on to a winner, isn't it? As we joked about, is that, um, mm. um, financially, it's not a great source. You know what I mean? Mm. You have to work hard, drive long hours mm. for not much pay. But equally, if it's about money you're doing it for, it's the wrong reason. At the end of the day, you've got to be happy with what you're doing. Your job is to make people laugh. You talk about your mum and your act as well, and you say that she's funnier than you. Well, well <laughs> is she like is she injected uh, you with the comedy gene or no? Well, it's not gene, is it? Oh yeah, uh, no, that'd be coincidence uh, i made a joke about this evening my mum's funny i am quite a quiet person but i used to be very shy and quiet and uh, i was always a fly on the wall do you know what i mean and I, I i kind of scooped up many many circumstances and kind of hoarded this whole realm of like uh, weird scenarios and things people have said and that's what my arts really started out as you know so it's like something like what weird things people have said around me and situations i've been in and i think just my mum just says things in the context in her mind it works quite well but she doesn't think about what she says and she just blurts out with something and it's usually hilarious if not a little bit offensive so I think I talk about my mum quite a lot I think I annoy myself uh, in my material I I usually end the punchline with either talking about my mum or uh, Brexit (laughs) one of those two uh... but you get on well with your mum right? yeah yeah definitely obviously since living with her now it's like uh, it's slightly different and because I have to see her all the time now so uh... yeah that's it Christmas as well. You got to. Oh Jesus Christ! Got the present. I haven't, but it's been a birthday recently. I got a really good present for that, and I feel. Oh. What'd you get her? Well, she really loves uh, Sia, uh, and I got her a shirt saying "Now you see, and now you don't." It was so good, I can't remember it, but she loved it. Uh, uh, no, I got her that shirt, and she really liked it. Uh, I got it from America as well because it, it took a while to ship, hmm. and I thought that'll do for Christmas, hmm. won't it? Yeah, that's that's good enough, mm-hmm. and. Do you have a, a family? Uh, I do have a family yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was born in the test tube. No, I do have a family yet. I do have a mother yet. She's the... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I do, yeah. And, uh, um... Oh, it's a difficult one at the moment. I don't want to talk about it too much. It's, uh, uh, we're not getting on, so yeah, really? I don't want to talk about my mother too much. But, yeah, we're not getting on at all at the moment. We just don't see eye to eye on anything, you know. It's like... It's like one of those... It's like one of those, um... It's one of those things when you can't every time the same problems keep reoccurring and there's yeah. no it's locked you're locked into a loop of 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 anger and i just go in very calm and not patronizing but just like oh, look, i know something's gonna happen yeah but i'm I'm, yeah. I'm gonna hope that it doesn't but something will happen yeah and then it kicks off yeah and there's usually alcohol involved <laughs> but it and it just kicks off and that mm. so things like that are and at the moment Things aren't going well on that front for for the relationship at all, but that's that's how family is, man. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't you 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 know. Apart from that, she's great, but that is how it goes. But I, I know exactly what you mean because uh, the teething issues of moving back in with my mum, uh, mm. man, it was like 
It was, it's weird because uh, obviously I, I grew to my have my own independence and so did she really because uh, she divorced from my dad so she kind of had the house to herself. Basically there's a lot of like, family stuff going on at the moment. We got into like big arguments and the, the thing I connected with you there is like you're keeping calm and you're being kind of like you, I'm trying to be rational, I'm trying to be logi- uh, logical but um, the thing is uh, she's not thinking anything through. She's, she's, she's speaking emotionally and she's uh, getting emotional and yeah. uh, and I understand that, but you can't really argue against that. And the, and the thing is, I, I, I don't think that person is trying to uh, debate. Yeah. They're just trying to get out of their system. Mm. It's something that's hurt them and made them upset and totally. they want to take it out. It's not the surface reason, yeah. but uh, there's something... I, I totally agree with you Like with that. Uh, like, yeah, this is like a, probably this is a common thing, I think, with family and stuff. Because it's... You are the son, and you are the... In, say, if it was a say a military thing or an army thing mm-hmm. you are the the subordinate the lower in the in the chain i am an adult and they still treat you as uh, as a child but the thing is you you don't want to you're not asserting yourself you're just going oh look, i know that you want to tell me that this is what how it is but you're telling them if mm-hmm. they're wrong or right not telling not trying to tell them that wrong or be patronizing so look i i don't agree with that mm-hmm. you're doing it calmly but they still feel patronized and they still feel their pride gets hurt Definitely. And then yeah. when the pride gets hurt, things go off and then emotions start flying and you can't argue with an emotion, but they want to argue to make sure they're in the right. Yeah, that's and, it. And I don't care who's in... I mean, maybe you don't as well. I don't I don't care who's in the right. I just want to get on with yeah, my family. Oh, you know? man. We're, we're very similar. Yeah. We should move in together, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, but it's, it's, it's exactly that, man. It's just like... Um, it's... The thing is, I, I know I, I haven't really had that much experience of having a girlfriend personally. I've, um, uh, in fact, I've had my first proper proper girlfriend uh, in the summer, but that, that's finished now. But equally, uh, uh, we, we never really argued. But I know the thing is, whenever I, like, the only proper argument I've had is since moving back in with my mum, and it's kind of taught me quite a lot. Uh, uh, <laughs> it says a lot about me right, right then. But uh, what, what's what's really? It, it's just like your. How how should I phrase it? It's it's like I don't care what the outcome is. I just want it to be. It's just everyone to be fine. You know, I don't care. You know, I just I'm apathetic. And uh, and, but they're 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 there's something irking them, and they want to just. And it's like I I don't care. Just let's just get on, kind of thing. Because I'm. uh, As you can probably tell, I'm I'm quite a laid back person as it is, and I, I would never do anything to intentionally upset someone mm. uh, and the fact that people want to argue with me is it's a, like it's like let's just drop this emotional tybo that you yeah. want to kick off with let's, we don't need that we don't need this this why do we need to ha- hammer it out we don't it's it doesn't matter it, it, irrelevant isn't it it's such a waste of energy yeah and you're just kind of and you're going i just i've been geeking all week i don't have the energy <sighs> yeah. for this right now just want to i just want to go to bed but uh, and uh, have some tea <laughs> what's quite funny about that is that as you said that my mum's voice came in my head like, and I know her resp- what her response would be as well and she'd be like well you know I've been working all week but I've still done the dishwasher now and uh, it's like uh, uh, but, uh, I don't know it's just uh, uh, well uh, I, I feel like we might be having like, like quite like guy responses towards it you know just like uh, you know uh, no I think think you're self aware I mean we've all got we've all got different programming and it's not if you're aware and kind of going look I don't want to fight about this whatever it is whatever situation is I mean this could could be universal this could be a a microcosm of a a larger problem but it's like you're kind of going well look you know let's just 
well, okay, I'll learn from it. I'll move on. But they never get. The thing is, that sometimes it never gets like it never. You can never fix that because mm-hmm. they build up, and that happens in any relationship. To be fair, yeah, yeah. F- parents, r- wives, yeah, uh, girlfriends, you name it, boyfriends. It doesn't matter. It's it's all it all adds. It all builds up and then blows if you don't if you can't fix it because if it's a recurring problem and something that's never can be solved and if if there's a, other things other intoxicants or whatever is involved, it can really. Um, just oh, magnify a problem. Yeah. It's like adding fuel or petrol That's to a, a fire, you know. I remember um, my first experience with that was uh, with my 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 now ex girlfriend, uh, mm. and uh, there was something I did. I made a comment about something. Uh, she just accepted it at the time, and it wasn't anything bad. It, I think uh, it was along the lines of she was she was into the idea of spirituality and uh, ghosts and mediums and stuff like that. And I made a, a, a joke about it, but then like about. A couple of months later, she brought it up, and I was like, "Well, where did that come from?" You know, she, she must have been harboring onto it, you know, uh, really holding on to it, just really like. Uh, and have you ever seen a Friday Night Dinner by chance? No. Uh, it's well, it's a fantastic series sitcom. Uh, mm. uh, well, it's, it's not really a great anecdote, but uh, there's a character called Mr. Morris who appears, and he's like one of the most hilarious characters ever. He's basically this old man who's dating um, the family's grandmother, and he's just a, he's just a horrible man. Basically, one one of the grandkids makes a joke uh, at his expense. He kind of a little bit angry to begin with, but at the end of the program, like they don't really dwell on it that much but at the end of the program he, he starts shouting at the kid when he it, when it's all going crazy uh, he starts shouting at the kid you know, uh, replying to what he just said mm-hmm. and so he's, you can see this guy's been holding on to it and holding on to it and it's a really beautiful character development as well because it's uh, again it's a very uh, undervalued shot as well because <laughs> you, you can see this guy just been holding on to this burst of anger and that's mm-hmm. everyone you know mm-hmm. you just hold yeah. on to these little gems and like, basically like tokens where he's like okay you said that I can use that again later on and shove those feelings down yeah and just you know what just just wait wait until you just completely blow your top all together <laughs> just don't 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 let it out that's uh that's one way out uh but yeah i don't know just um or just drink it away utterly destroy yourself with alcohol or you know any intoxicant just forget <laughs> me as a person i've always been kind of um wanted to really be in love i thought i as a person i've always been quite the romantic mm. uh, uh that sounds like such a no uh, yeah that you're stuck uh, that's, that's, that's that you're look dude you're, you did a dr- degree in drama <laughs> you're allowed to be a romantic i, I have prefer i have i preferred a, a monologue from shakespeare mm. you're gonna enjoy it and continue but uh, a rose, yeah, uh, would a rose a, be as sweet <laughs> winter i've wrote you a sonnet okay <laughs> You mean so much to me. Oh, thanks, man. Wait till Valentine's Day. It's going to be emotional. Oh, uh, mate, it's already emotional right now. <laughs> it's great. And so, a sonnet. Wow, I'm so, I feel so special. Yeah, 14 lands of wonder. Uh, I've always wanted to be in love. I was always, like, crazy to about girls when I was 18, but when I, when I went to university, I kind of learned how to speak to girls and how, well, how to... Just how to behave. Not, not behave in, like, a... Well, um, it's just how to function like a human being in front of the girls, you know what I mean? And just well, treat them with respect. And, like uh, Trump, right? Yeah, yeah like you Trump know, I, I, I learned a lot from the guy, you know. Uh, say what you want about him, but his uh, table some, etiquette is fantastic. Some moves, that guy. But, like, so, do you get on with your dad? I do now, but I, I had massive issues with him as a person. Uh, uh, essentially, the divorce was kind of his fault for being, like, an alcoholic, really, mm. and I kind of blamed him for that. To begin with, like... Uh, we, know, we don't really have all that much in common. For example, when I call them up, we talk about Bruce Springsteen and the weather. 
and that's it. He he likes cars and football. Mm. I don't. Uh, but uh, when Bross dies, mate, you're in trouble. Yeah, right? <laughs> so you're in real trouble. Yeah. So, uh, whoa, weather. Yeah. You have to really do your research. <laughs> uh, you know, whoa, global weather. You're gonna just be on all day. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> if if Trump gets rid of uh, uh, you know climate control, maybe we'll have a lot to talk about. So this is true. Yeah. yeah Horrific weather. Silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> I never really like got all like football. In fact, I remember. Uh, one day, my dad took us all out to uh, watch Leeds United, who was his uh, favourite football team. Uh, we went there to, to Ellen Road to see a football game, and I had no interest. I was bored. Uh, and then uh, it was like, oh, uh, that's it. And I was like, all right. I stood up from the seat. And I was like, all right, let's go. And go, no, Matt, it's, it's half time. You've got another 45 minutes. I was like, oh, for God's sake! I was uh, 28 at the time, so... Yeah. <laughs> Did your dad have your mittens on, like with the mittens with the string around the back as well, so you don't lose the other one? No, 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 twenty-eight. Uh, my, 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 uh, my, my dad didn't care enough about me. Oh. <laughs> no, Did you get no. a, a savoy or, or a pie or anything at the football match? No, no pie. I, I, no pie in Leeds. What? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I was quite oh, a fat kid. So vegetarian, probably. vegetarian though, right? No, uh, well, for the first twenty years of my life, I was um, uh, meat eater. My, okay. my family, I come from beef farmers because I wrote a comedy show uh, about. Essentially, coming out to my parents, uh, being a, a vegetarian whilst they're beef eaters, uh, well, beef farmers and meat eaters, and uh, I did the whole show in a barn. No, uh, wow. uh, I made that. How, up. And how's that? How's that? Uh, how, how? What? How, what happened? How did that go? Do, we, uh, do you mean in terms of the show? In ter- or well, the... in terms of the real life thing. Uh, uh, well, well, both actually. I always wanted to be a vegetarian. Just spoiler alert for the listener: I am currently a vegan. Uh, I've been a vegan since May, so uh, that's that's fun. Mm. Uh, me and Winter were talking uh, off mic earlier about how amazing mint imperials are. It's a vegan snack for the people. Sad. Better than a burger. It's fucking sad. Sorry, man. Uh, Matt, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's it, it's not better than a burger. Is there's Mate, there are not many things better than a decent burger. I mean, I don't want to say you can no, treat yourself. Go for it. And it, it's like it's like brushing your teeth, but you don't have to. Can you do that with a burger? I don't think so, mate. Can I brush my teeth with a burger? Yes. Well... I can brush my teeth after a burger. That's a good point, actually. Well, well, <laughs> right, okay, understand it, right. I understand the vegan thing, but you wear leather shoes. No, no. Okay. Well, the, those flip-flops I, are cold this time of year. Yeah, I mean, I am freezing my tits off. I and that jumper? It's cotton. cotton so. Right. Uh, that's the thing. I I, I double check for like because at the moment I'm building a show about morality and it's about uh, focusing in all aspects of morality. And uh, one of the acts I have to do is give up silk, uh, any any type of fur, even if it's faux fur. Like because my mission statement is that even the idea of fur being fashionable is weird, isn't it? Uh, uh, and it's, it's, I don't know. 80s, the 80s. Fur was very fashionable back in the 80s. Was it? Ah, leopard well, print, that's what I was thinking. Well, yeah. If you look at all the Playboys, yeah. fur was very fashionable back then. Uh, I've, I've been meaning to give them back to you, by the way. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my mum accepted it straight away, um, so I don't really tell that story in, on the live show. Uh, so uh, the, the show is based off... Damn uh, you, mum, ruining my comedy. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, she features in it heavily, because I didn't take this show to the Fringe, but I did it in lots of other... Uh, I didn't take it to Edinburgh Fringe, but I took it to loads of different other Fringe festivals, because I was writing my master's dissertation during Edinburgh, so I uh, I did it at other ones. The show, essentially, the first 20 minutes is about uh, me as a person, and uh, basically setting up some callbacks for later on. Uh, classic. Uh, but then the, the, the next 40 minutes is about... Uh, 
three main stories of telling my my dad about being a, a vegetarian, then my my beef farm and grandparents about it, and then my brother. And those are the three main stories. And after that, I talk about the after effects of being a vegetarian and what the why I did it and the emotional ramifications of it. And uh, it's a little bit of a sad moment. Oh, and then a fantastic ending. So, mixed results material. Steve Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> I did the show just to get practice for doing that hour-long mm-hmm. show. I, I didn't count as a debut show, if you know what I mean. I did mm-hmm. it as a... Uh, uh, just, just something, because it was something I wanted to talk about, and I thought that was important. I did it on IAF, and that was the last... Uh, that's International Youth Arts Festival in Kingston. What was weird, I both had the highest highs and the lowest lows that week, because I did four... Sh- no, I did five shows. The first one... I properly died uh it was, it was four people there in all fairness the room wasn't great but to cut a long story short like there's four people there and to die over the course of an hour i started off quite don't well. cut it short you can't i want to hear about this really painful bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay with it with it did you cry oh did no cry? but uh, uh, you felt so, like it right so i don't really cry that often no, like, I, 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 just I, shove the feelings down mate uh, i'm the same uh, shove them down well, that's, well i think i'm quite an emotional person I'm quite, I, I get upset often but hmm. uh, for some reason i just don't cry it's murder <laughs> basically it was a high stage uh and uh basically it was uh, a place of the library which was lovely uh it was a high stage uh and i was on top of it and there was only four people and they were in low chairs so mm. i was kind of looking down on them right mm. and it, it kind of created this instant disconnection with exactly the, uh and basically uh and also uh there was it was uh, during the daytime well, about about five o'clock uh and there was a Behind me was like a, a panel of Kingston on uh, the high street, and uh, basically a light shine in behind me, and it was quite distracting. If you tell me, the next day we we covered it all up, so it's black, so it's more of a black box kind of thing, and uh, it went so much better. Uh, There's no sense of occasion if you've got stuff going on behind you. It's like, yeah. well, what, what what's that? And then that that extra height as well with four people there, that is like, oh, and, and it's know. called it's called a library. Yeah. Well, no, sorry, it's, the library. It's some kind of oh, trendy oh, bar. See, yeah. they're going. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, we're not allowed to talk. Can we laugh? You should have said, it's a library, guys. Yeah, it's not real library. It's called the library. But, you know, this is... We're here oh, for joy God, and laughter. No. I kind of... Oh, I kind of gave up. Well, I didn't give up. Uh, I, I did it to the end, but it was just like... Oh, but that... I thought that there's, there's an emotional bit at the end. Mm. Uh, and I was like, oh, I got to the point where I was like, I didn't want to do this. And one of the women who kind of came and sleep, uh, saw me was uh, one of the... Uh, her daughter was in my show, and I just started chatting to them both, and they were both really nice. And she said, oh, yeah, I'll come along and see your show. And, uh, yeah, I remember, the thing that sticks with me from that gig the most is uh, in, in about the 50-minute mark where uh, the emotional thing is happening, she just had her head in her hands just looking like... I uh, just glazed, so just like looking like, when is this gonna finish? And I was like, oh no, it's bad. So I, I kind of went home very defeated that day. But I did the show the next day. It was pretty good. The following day, um, I did it, and oh my god, it was it was amazing. It was probably one of the, one of my favorite gigs I've ever done in my life. Like uh, it was it was my first solo show. Well, that was the first time where everything worked. They were on my side. They got everything felt one of the best things i've ever felt in my life as, as a comedian i was like mm. this this is the moment this is like mm. it was a milestone um i then uh, the next day it was cancelled <laughs> lack of people coming in and then the, the last one was a disappointment but you know it was a mixed result that week but equally it was 
I, I had a nice time all the same. But it's like that the day before you didn't do well. Mm-hmm. The next day, you're like, well, well look, what I got to lose? It can yeah. only be better than that last oh, gig. Yeah. But, so it's like you, you can reach that, that, that relaxed sort of like, oh, look, okay, guys. Well, actually, um, I, I was actually more nervous about it. Right. Well, the thing is, I'm I'm always very doubtful about it because the sh- even the show I'm writing in the moment it's like well maybe maybe it's not going to be funny uh, and I I was like when I was there I was like oh at, at this festival and uh, I felt quite serious like oh maybe maybe this show isn't funny maybe it, it, should, it should maybe I've just been lucky for the last couple of times you know uh, and it felt I was like well tomorrow's make or break really because I was like well it, if it's if it doesn't work this time. There's something majorly wrong with the show. There's something uh, I'm, I'm doing wrong here. Mm. But fortunately, it worked quite nicely. Again, it was, uh, I think there was about seven, seven or eight people in that time, and uh, and there was a couple of people just taking a punt at it, and I was like, thank you. You're really it's genuinely helping me out mm. here. It was highs and lows. For the other festivals, it went down pretty nicely as well, and my previews went down nicely as well so uh, I, I was generally quite happy with the end result in fact I'm getting quite reminiscent talking about it to be honest uh. okay was it, that's like your origin story really that show is it yeah I guess it's more the, yeah, so the first 20 minutes is like me as a person uh, uh, not necessarily my history but just who how I define myself really mm. and then uh, the story about myself and uh, I'll kind of go back to answer the question we kind of uh, digressed from earlier but uh, so uh, that that's the kind of package of the show, kind of saying this is me as a person, and it finishes with who I am right now, mm. uh, and 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 there's themes of loneliness and being single and stuff like that because the uh, the emotional climax is a bit, basically uh, it's called Vegetarian Man. In the latter half of the show, basically being seen as a vegetarian made me less of a man, and I tried to reclaim that manliness through different acts and deeds, and uh, I failed those acts and deeds, and I. Um, uh, I was best man at a wedding, and basically it kind of it was a mixture of the sadness of being a vegetarian and being, the sadness of being single. And but then everything turned out all right at the end. Mm. So uh, I did, I performed at a, a vegan festival at the whole show, and uh, it's the first audience that just went oh uh, during uh, all the bits where uh, I usually get punch lines. I was like well, no no laugh laugh please. Uh, um, but, but they felt that they felt they were with you at least. And they like like oh I totally get that. Yeah definitely. Yeah, that was that, it, yeah. Oh totally. Yeah. I had to tell my friends as well. Yeah, you know that's it. Yeah, I, I remember um, after a gig in Hastings, uh, mm. I did the show. Was, oh, so, what were they like? That that's an interesting place to play, isn't it? Well, well, it was the Hastings Comedy Fringe Festival, and it was the first night of it ever happening. First ever debut night, and I was like, I was allowed to rehearse my material, but I was like, fuck it, let's just, uh, I want to just, uh, just help out. And it was a really good show, uh, but all, equally, it was people walking past, and it wasn't a great room either. So I kind of like, okay, I kind of changed the room before I went on, just to make it a little bit easier, and sat people down at the front. And I emceed it to begin with, so I didn't do the full length for the show, I had to cut bits out. But the emceeing helped to go down wonders. And what happened at the end is like, what a really beautiful moment. Uh, as I held the bucket out, people, um, people kind of, like, they put money in and they gave me a hug as well. I was like, that was really like kind of a touching moment, you know mm. what I mean? Because mm. I'm very honest on stage as well. Mm. Uh, and Dave Bailey, who's a Kent comedian, uh, mm-hmm. he's seen me do comparing, he's seen me do like a normal 10 minute set. Mm. When he saw that, because we, we did a preview together, and once he saw that set, it was like, the difference between you as a comedian here is like you're really taking the time to reflect upon yourself mm. and uh, be honest and really share that. And I think that's one of my strengths, to be honest. Mm. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. Greatest I, strength. I, uh, <laughs> it's everybody's greatest strength, but they don't realise that. When, so when you first start going at this, I mean, even myself now, 
Like I'm like, well, you know, I used to go at it like a all. I was all going at it at a comedy all wrong. Mm-hmm. I was going at it like too aggressive, you know, full of energy. I'm always full of energy, but it's like you're putting the energy into the wrong thing. You're just people don't want that. It's overpowering. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's too much, and they think that they don't want to be for this stuff forced in their ears. They wanna they wanna enjoy the show. There's energy in the right places, of course. Save Definitely. it for those places. In fact, I remember um, a time we were gigging together at Monkey Shrine Comedy Club in Canterbury. Mm. And uh, one of the things I took away from that night, and you were very full of uh, sage advice and wisdom. It's like... <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, I'm uh, really full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you were totally stoned that night. Totally, uh, totally, uh, man. <laughs> hey, man, it's all about the universe. It's all about the Big Bang, man. You know, it first started there. <laughs> the Milky Way, man. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, I remember you saying uh, you kind of have to play the room you have in front of you. So if you just want to, uh, remember, if you just want to have the mic in the stand that gig, do it. You have to play the energy level you are at and the audience is at. And there's no point being false about it. You can't be like, "Hey, everyone, have a nice night." When every act has died so far, you know what I mean, mm. you, you have to. Uh, and I think that's again, that's like not to be boastful. And I no, don't, go for it. No, I, I don't mean it in a boastful <laughs> manner either. Uh, love it, love it. Uh, I mean, like one of my strengths is, uh, I think, is me being a compact because like, I think I'm, I'm quite, I'm very self-aware. Mm. I, I kind of know how to. I'm quite a warm person. I like to mm. think, and uh, I think that that kind of gets people going quite yeah, often. Uh, and I think. Uh, so yeah. the ladies say what? Uh, I, I, I wish, <laughs> I wish we could, uh, but they don't. Uh, 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 in fact, mum. This well, this is a podcast. I can't really say it on here, but uh, you know, uh, well, we mentioned love earlier, and uh, mm. and I think genuinely, uh, a person, the the only person that really would understand me trying to do this is like a, probably a, like a, genuinely another other comedian. And I, I I don't mean in a way that I can only fancy other comedians, but I mean like mm. they understand, you know. Like I would love a comedy girlfriend. Do you know what I mean? And, like, but also you would never really like. Imagine the ego, man. Imagine how ego in the same like. What's your Twitter? Uh, my Twitter. Yeah. At Matt Hoss Comedy. There you go, ladies. At Matt Hoss Comedy. Just tweet me a joke <laughs> or a dick pic. One of you. Well, uh, sorry. Well, it depends on what you want looking for, isn't it? Yeah. Dip, a dick pic, you, want, you want a dick pic? Okay. Well, or a request for a dick pic, maybe. Or is it, if that's what yeah, you want. No. What is it you want? You. What is it? The ladies, right? Yes, please. Uh, right, that's fine. We've got to. We've got, <laughs> we've got to nail that down. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Do you know how that was so me then? I was like, uh, uh, ladies, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, very polite. You know, uh, have the uh, etiquette, please. I like that. It's good. Well, well, I did do a bit, uh, which I've never. I've did it once, but I haven't really got back to it yet. But uh, I don't understand like date pics. I, I, I won't do the routine or anything. But I just not into them. Uh, not either, me either. I just. What what's the point of it though? It's like what's because no guy has ever sent like a picture of their genitals and their lady's gone. Oh yeah, that's what I want right now. You know what mm. I mean? Like especially mm. for a girl you don't know as well. It's, it's just invasive, isn't it? Mm. So, could you put it away now, please? It's yeah. really it's disgusting, you know. Well, Matt, I'm sorry. I, I you know, it's how I do all my podcasts. <laughs> you know, I know, no, but seriously, no. I, I, I honestly just got to tell you, I've never ever sent a dick pic. Yeah. Oh. This is this is something I've never told anyone ever before. Mm. I have, but it was she very much demanded it, and it was one of the weirdest evenings of my life because I chat to this girl on Tinder. I almost said the name then, but I definitely can't. Uh, um, she she was on Tinder, and she was well, it was quite strange. Because she was quite overly keen to begin with, and I was like, mm, this is. Str-. I'm used to like 
like to nothing on Tinder. Uh, she, but she was like really kind of keen. She was laughing at my jokes and stuff like that. And uh, she was like, "Oh, oh add me on Snapchat and stuff like that." And I was like, "I don't really have Snapchat." And mm-hmm. she's like, "Oh, download it. It'd be fun." And then she, uh, then she was, uh, she made a joke and she goes, "Oh, feeling a little bit horny now." And I was like, "Ha ha!" Like, but inside I was like. I'm uncomfortable with this. What's happening here? Uh, then on Snapchat, started sending me all these nude pictures and videos of like her like, like masturbating and stuff like that. Whoa. And I was like, this never happens to me, you know. This, uh, this, uh, oh, I've got so many anecdotes from Natalia, but like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, this one, I was like, this is strange. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, send me something. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I had Snapchat, and is that I just re-downloaded it and I had loads of all, all my old contacts. So I, I tried to like take a picture. But I was like, I don't know how hmm. uh, or to shoot. I, I suppose erect, but I don't know what's. It's not really. I mean, what's okay, the maybe, maybe I'm a prude, right? <laughs> I, I probably am, right? But like, you can just go look there. It's there. Yeah, there you yeah. go. It's it's because it's not a like from my point of view. Um, uh, it's just like it's. It's not like an attractive set piece. Yeah, because no. like, like it, the guy that plays Samuel Tarley uh, in uh, Game of Thrones, he talks about this on Screw His Pits podcast. Uh, I mm. can't remember his name. I think mm. it's Jonathan. Uh, I apologise. He talks about uh, in Game of Thrones, there's a lot of nudity and uh, mm. not much male nudity because it's in a in a shot. It's the the male piece is quite small, so if you're going to show it, it's going to be quite a big picture, and that's not quite. It's not much going on there. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, no, there's so much. Le- there's there's not there's no. There's not really much accessories to go with the That's ge- it, uh, male genitals. Know, it's like okay, there's your balls and your it is it is it is Johnson, yeah, it is Wang, you know, whatever it is. But it's like it's like what the fuck? What what is? It's just hanging there, doing nothing. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like there's a there's a in terms of male genitalia, they've only got the one. We have a set piece, but uh, with a, a female body, you've got a lot of things going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's. Probably more diplomatically put than the, the women section, are sexy. The, the section we've just edited out. <laughs> uh, what? Well, yeah. So if it is edited out, that's great. No, um, I think there's that's some good stuff in there. You've done well there. That, that, you've, you've really done well with that, that explanation. I, I I applaud that. Thank you. And I'm, uh, I'm a feminist. I'm proud. That's yeah. good. And a vegan. I, yeah. You get well, every base covered. What the fuck is and, going on? Why? You, environmentalist. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm trying to. Uh, fight and win the war on drugs and try to be like the most kind but person you don't ever. know your enemy yeah how does that work you need to know your enemy and I've never even taken any drugs in my life that's, so, it's, that's, uh, so you need to know your enemy I was, I was tempted in the show just to try every drug once but I thought that could be a stand up show in itself so I thought put a pin in that Matt. Uh, or a but, needle yay <laughs> drunkie <laughs> uh, uh, what was, uh, I was I was halfway through a story talk oh. about women Oh no! I, I, and how well, amazing they are! And you're not—you've sent a dick pic. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Um, so I sent the. Oh, I'll finish off the story. There's not much to it, and I'm sorry if one my mum listens to this uh, <laughs> or any future prospect of a girlfriend. Yeah, please, please do send me those tweets. I'm very lonely. But, Matt, um, Matt Hoss comedy. But uh, <laughs> please. <laughs> but but uh, so I sent the dick pic. But very like uh, I had to be careful. Because I had my brother and loads of friends on that to be mm. careful to pick the right ones. Mm. So I was like paranoid as well. I was like, oh, I gotta do it. Mm. Um, so I sent it over. It wasn't very flattering. And bear in mind, she sent me like something. She warmed up first. Uh, she she was. We did phone sex as well. I uh, was uh, Snapchatting. So it was quite an awkward affair as well. Right. There's a lot lot of technology going on. And I wasn't sure how to do it. Mm-hmm. Then stuff concluded, and she was a sexy way to 
put the end, the climax. Yeah. Well, no, I think mine was more accurate. It was like, it's done. Uh, uh, but, uh, and she was like, oh, you want to pick me up for dinner and uh, we'll go out sometime? Uh, and I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, but I was gen- genuinely intimidated by her at the same time. Mm. I was like, and this has never, uh, never happened to me before. I'm not used to this. Uh, we said, oh, maybe not tonight because we're a bit tired after uh, <laughs> after that. Uh, but uh, we, well, why don't we up tomorrow? And she's like, yeah, that sounds great. Mm. Never heard from her since. Uh, oh. Hmm. It's quite uh, unnerving, I guess. She's got a picture of you and video. And... Well, it's, it's Snapchat, so it's uh, hopefully it's not recorded. But That's fine. equally, mm. maybe there's a fringe show if she does come out with it. So. Perhaps, yeah. yeah. That's it. <sighs> My dick's quick nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sent, and then I sent a picture at the end of the show. I sent a picture to all the audience members, a picture of my dick. So. It's fair. That's good, right? Yeah, no, I think I think it's a good ending. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a knob gag at the end. Yes, that's yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's a knob gag all the way through, I suppose. But... Like it, and hopefully, no one comes up and hugs you. Goes, yeah. Oh, Matt. Oh. <laughs> that would be the worst. Actually, let's totally grab that idea. Good. I don't like that. That's anymore. not good because you just no, no. It's fine. No, it's always like that. What? Was it, what, what, is it something weird about it? Oh, great. Okay, great. There is so, oh, now I've got to go see the doctor. Fantastic. That just adds to my, my hate of myself. Wonderful. That's great. I'm, I'm not normal. I knew it. I was never normal. I knew it. So I'm, I'm just projecting right now. Yeah, I, I could so, tell. Like, like uh, I hadn't asked a question in 25 minutes, mate. You just... Uh, just... Thanks for listening, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming I, I, sh- I should ask you some questions, Winter. Okay. Uh, so, um, how are you... Uh, or whereabouts are you out in comedy at the moment? Out here. Wait, that's a, <laughs> that was a hand gesture on the audio. That's my shoulder. Yeah. That's my shoulder there, you know. Yeah. Uh, where am I? Where am I in comedy? Jesus, I am in the process of writing my hour show. Yeah, and I am actually delving further into my brain than I ever have before, and uh-huh. I'm really pulling out all the stuff that makes me tick and real personal stuff. Really, mm, definitely, really personal stuff to me, like the stuff that you saw me do tonight. That's all true. No, but that was what I meant to say to you. Um, that with that new material, it was really, it was great because like you're obviously a very lovely person, mm. but equally you could kind of see it as a kid. It's like, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, and and it was no. a certain, and not not in a bad no, way, no. but I mean, it was just like uh, there's a lot of darkness there, mm. uh, not. But it's also very funny, do you know what I mean? There's a lot, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot to play with. I know, yeah, definitely. It really is. I mean, that's where I'm coming from now. Like, all the stuff I've got now, I've got, I really, I butchered it tonight. But, like, all that stuff is really, like, because I'm trying to get raw with it, you know, and, and slow it down. Because comedy for me used to live in the big show. Mm-hmm, now it doesn't live in the big show anymore for me. It lives in the minutiae of the whole thing. And just like the, this is it. And I really stand behind everything I say now. I don't. Like I knew that guy Rob didn't really like what I was doing because mm-hmm. I could see it in him. You know, he didn't like it. I could, yeah. Yeah, I could just sense it from him. He did not like what I was doing. I could say, fuck, I feel it. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, but the other people who were proper audience were there. But anyway, this is getting anyway. But, but as I say, I'm, that's where it's lived now, and I'm, I'm really developing that. Especially st- even stuff about my mom. I'm really bringing out. There's even a tone in, in like, there's even a, a demeanor now when I'm at a gig, right? And seeing you, Matt. It's like, and see everyone else around me. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sit in the corner. I've got a gig there. I just want to. I like people, but like, I'm not going to go. Hey, man. You know, hey, how you doing, man? It's good to see you. You know, and like mm-hmm. other people, I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not fucking. I used to be. I, I used to see my. Look, I can see myself before. I'd be running to people, kind of going, "Oh man, please like me." It's a normal person. Like, yeah. And I and I and I wanted something. I didn't know what it was from them. But I want, well, I wanted their friendship, but because I didn't have much of that when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, and or even as an adult, 
but I needed that for some reason to to make me feel like a normal human being because I didn't have that from when I was a very young from I really didn't have any friends. I know this is well, anyway. No, no, no. But, this is really you know, interesting. But that that's the thing. So I I've just separated myself because I've always been. I did a lot of I did a few writing sessions with people in my and some people said you need to you're angry about a lot of things winter. This is the winter that I present to the world, the happy guy. I don't want to present the fucking miserable, lonely, hopeless guy and the guy that despairs who doesn't think that he needs anyone, who's set up so many walls but put this out and I was like, Oh my god, that's why my comedy didn't go as far as it was going because this person isn't real. Yeah. This is a con- construct for society to throw it away. This person is the real person. And that's why now my comedy, personally, has become so much better for me. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm just like, look, this is what I'm doing. I've got this stuff and this is funny. You can like it or not, but I know it's funny. I know there's something in here and I'm being real. And if you can't connect with me being real, fuck it. You're in the wrong place, (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah, I... I, Sorry. No, no, I I, I totally wholeheartedly... Everything you say there was like, uh, you get me down to the T, really. Uh, And, well, one of of the jokes I'm doing at the moment, uh, and it's what I love, it's because it's... uh, I say it's real. Uh, I talk about um, when I start um, first... When, when I thought I might be gay for a while, and uh, and that was interesting. That yeah. was really because it's real. Yeah, that's you the know? thing. I was talking about. Well, uh, I say it was um, the, it was one like one of well, it's a big laugh. One, one of my biggest laughs of the night, and it's a material that was just it keeps on working and working. And then the the premise is that uh, um, I used to think I might be gay because uh, girls didn't fancy me, so I thought yeah, probably just gay then. The things I did on stage before about. About a couple of months ago, was the things I thought were funny. But uh, the thing is, that the way that came about, I was just having a conversation with someone that kind of slipped out, and they they were they was because it was just unfiltered me, and uh, not like in, in like kind of a uncensored way, but it just it was me just being myself, just like there was no there was no other contaminant there, mm. and I think. Although I'm an honest comedian, I'm not always honest to myself, do you know what I mean? And it's important to kind of find the things that make you tick. So that, uh, I have loads of weird thoughts, and uh, the person I talk to most is my own like, mind. I talk to myself. Um, uh, not in, like, I, I don't believe it's any like, mentally uh, issues kind of way, but uh, or mental health or anything. But it's just, I... Uh, yes. It's, I, but I, well, <laughs> it, it would explain a lot. Uh, hmm. uh, but... Equally, I, I, I do most of my kind of debating and thinking, and uh, there's different layers to my, my thoughts, you know what I mean? Like, uh, for, <laughs> now this is something I really haven't told anyone. Uh, like, I have like a, like a little little racist inside of my mind, because like, uh, I'm a very left-wing person, I'm very liberal, uh, but if I, uh, uh, like, I have like a little bit of my dad in me, and just like, Oh look, it's a black person. I'm like, no, what? Why are you saying that? Like, uh, like, there's a little part of me. Uh, it's just like, you know, uh, hey, check that out. And it's like, that's very inappropriate. Why would you say that? Uh, it's, but it's it's still there. You know what I mean? I'm still talking to myself, and I drive in gigs, uh, and I, afterwards, I'm, like, I think about it, and I just like, I kind of answer it in my own head, and uh, and it's kind of its own. It's just I kind of uh, the person like. Uh, the person I hated for a long time was myself, but recently I've just, uh, 
I've just learned to kind of love myself because it's like what's really kind of weird is I, I start I make myself laugh too much. You know what I mean? I, I laugh things off really because mm. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I talked about this last night on stage. It wasn't really funny, but uh, I think as I laughed so hard at it. So uh, I uh, I slept in my car the other night uh, and I woke up. I was like a mess. I had tufts of hair hanging out. I I, I looked a mess. Uh, I bleary eyed, just like I had no coffee, you know. Uh, washed my balls in the sink, you know. It was really, it was kind of like it was a bit of a mess. And then I went out. I, I bumped into my ex girlfriend's mum, and uh, she kind of gave me this look of scorn. I was like, oh, I, I, th- I think my ex is one out of both of us. I laughed right, well, I laughed loudly to myself. Uh, so. Have you watched that West Westworld? I haven't. Series? I know what it's about, but uh, I haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen any episodes, but I, I know the premise of it. It's just, quite good. There's a bit yeah. in there which was talking about talking about facing who you are as a person mm-hmm. and it's really interesting how deep they, it's very deep the, all the, the, what they, what they, the, the premises behind the whole thing um, it's about people um, going to a video game land and they, you can do what you want mm. and you can um, have sex with robots and, or, or kill people mm. or do good deeds is that the premise that's yeah. it it's, and you talk about morality yeah and how they have to there's a pr- guy who the guy who one of the guys who run, owns the world or runs the world and programs the these hosts, these robots. He has started to filter into their programming, you know, trying to make mm-hmm. them self-aware. And there's a part was one of the hosts or robots that she becomes self-aware. And it's really interesting how they highlight that mm-hmm. that realization of self. It's really, really deep. It's really good. I really enjoyed the final episode, but you've got to check it out. Yeah, it's I, really, again, really I, good to watch. I, I heard uh, the ending is amazing. It is so. really good. I was like, wow, that is that is so poignant. And I was like, watch this. Go, wow. It just really struck a chord. But yeah. very, very well written. We're talking about, like, we've got to pretty deep in this. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's nice. Apart from recording on podcasts, when else do we get to speak about it? Do you know what I mean? It's uh, true. Uh, yeah, like, literally, like, I've... As you probably know, it's all the way through. It's like, oh, here's something I've never told anyone because I've had no one to tell it to. You know what I mean? I could say it on. St- In fact, I tell the most. Uh, hor- well, the, the, I tell most of my stories on stage, which I wouldn't say to people in real life. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, and we mentioned earlier talking about the really horrible stuff as well. And what I was going to mention at the time is that in my new show, um, I, I, I'm talking like the worst thing that's genuinely ever happened to me. Like it, it's the thing that made me like, the most viscerally upset, like the most horrendous things that happened to me. I think I talk about it in the show because it means quite a lot to me. Mm. But equally, it's a big, it's a, it's a big, big deal. If you know what I mean. So I was, I'm trying to just find the comedy in it because at the moment I'm still emotionally attached to it. So it's a little bit like. Uh, yeah, don't, it's just uh, too raw at the moment. Trying to well, separate yourself a little well, bit from it. I think I can discuss it on stage, but I'm just uh, I'm afraid of the uh, of the consequences of talking about it. It's, what is it's, what is it? It's, it's, sorry, it's, it sounds way worse than it is, but it's just a uh, uh, basically it's a dick pic again, is it? Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yes, <laughs> hoisted by my own petard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, without getting into it too much. All uh, oh, right, you, okay, that's fine. I'll yeah. push you on it. No, no. Uh, well, I'll give you the. Oh, I, I can't, well, I won't say too much about it. But essentially, I, I, I um, unintentionally hurt someone massively. Like, okay. like, like, like someone who I, 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 I thought I loved, uh, and it was yeah, just irredeemable kind of thing. Okay. Uh, but you know, it's uh, the the show I'm doing about morality. It starts off with me 
living with my mum and because it starts off with me just talking about depression as well and again I've literally had no one to talk to about depression as well because I've had it since I well not graduated since I uh, since I finished my dissertation and I was living at home and I've just moved to Yorkshire again and started comedy and it was like the most bleakest couple of months of my life because mm. uh, I just finished a, a degree where it's it, it, honestly it's quite pointless. Like no no one's going to hire you to do a job where you've got a masters in comedy doing. I broke up my girlfriend around that time as well, uh, and I had like a massive existential crisis as well. Mm. Like a uh, a red Watchmen, and yeah. uh, and I just realised ah, oh, life's quite pointless, isn't it? Uh, mm. Not in a suicidal way, but I was just like. Everything we do is meaningless. Mm. Uh, and I, so I talk about that to begin with. Again, but I haven't really talked about that to anyone else. Um, mm. So I start off the show with that. Uh, and then I talk about um, the reasons why I want to do some something nice and kind for the world. And that's where it all begins. Uh, mm. And uh, it, Yeah, but I'm thinking about doing the heartbreaking thing towards the end. So it's like the thing of like emotional... Uh, the reason why I'm doing all of it is kind of like that. But again, it's kind of hard for me to talk about, and I'm not sure if I should talk about it either. Yeah. So, you know, I'll try it in a couple of previews. Yeah. Yes, if that's what it's emotional and raw, yeah, got to talk about it. If you feel you should, go for it. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, what gigs you got come up? Is it you just, <laughs> just chilling? Just oh chilling my god! To yeah. the end of the year, no, we got to wrap. Because yeah, we, yeah, we, we got, we got. But that's great. No, yeah, I, mean, I, I really, know, no, I'm not honestly, Matt. I could talk to you a lot more about yeah. the deeper stuff, but. You know, should we well, let's line up towards the end of the podcast? Uh, but the thing is, uh, just to put a cap on that, just to let you know, just at the moment, I'm just I'm feeling great, man. Like, it, good, like man. it's it's uh, uh, yeah, obviously, it's you can go back any time, but I just like life's been good at the moment, mm. you know what I mean? And uh, one of my favorite songs of all time is uh, Float On by Monus Mouse because it kind of teaches you just to you know, shit happens, but mm. you know, it's ha- if you're in a good place, you can uh, be in a happy state of mind. Uh, but Geek's coming up, Monday coming up, I'm doing a Hilarity Bites with Neil Jolly. Uh, uh, last time I did a his gig, I died on my arse, so I need to <laughs> do good for this time. It's a little bit quiet uh, until after Christmas, but after then, I'm doing and I'm doing like festivals next year, mm. like a Glasgow International Comedy Festival, where I'm doing Vegetarian Man and a work in progress on a new show. And then Swindon Fringe uh, of the new show, and doing Hastings Comedy Fringe, and also doing a live version of my podcast uh, called the uh, Drunken Comedian Podcast, where, where you featured in the pilot episode, which is, what? is Come good. On. You were very good. Uh, the, <laughs> I'm not sure if you listened to the, the start of it, but there's a really awkward joke I start on. I thought, I'm going <laughs> to open a podcast on that, yeah. <laughs> it was good. So I'm just doing those gigs. Uh, going to do it with Edinburgh Fringe 2017. Uh, maybe Brighton. Busy. Yeah, you gotta gotta keep busy. As we kind of the theme of the show has been like self doubt, really. And uh, I I always I mean I always been like, oh, when's the best time to go to the fringe? Should Ooh. I do it? Should I save it for a year? But equally, fuck it. That's just the only way I can get better is by doing it. Even if I oh, I I hate well, I don't. Hopefully, it won't be a bad show. But if it if it's a good show, hopefully it'll get me a bit of a reputation. Hmm. So. You can call me Daniel Kitson, everyone. So uh, <laughs> da- Daniel Kitson times by Stuart Lee. Uh, that's my comedy output yeah. right there. That's yeah. it. And how about yourself? What, what gigs have you? It's about the same. I'm going to be doing loads of fringes this year uh, in 2017. Everyone I can, every festival I'm going to apply for, and go for it. That's what I'm doing. I've got my first, I don't know, full full hour to come up, and then I'm going to um, it, roll test it with that. Uh, apologies if this has been on the podcast before, but. Um, so, um, in terms of your hour-long show, have you got a title for it, and what's have you got a premise? Not just for Christmas. Oh, nice one. Oh, yes. Oh, strong stuff. Mm. Yes, I mm. like it. 
And it should be a picture of you being a dog. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, maybe. A little <laughs> bone in my mouth. Definitely. Oh, I'm to dick pics again. Why is that? <laughs> why, is that why, why? Anyway. There's but, a lot of themes, and dick pics is one yeah, of them in this, this podcast. It. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's been, no, it's been good. It's been real, man. I, I, like, I prefer that, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, you man. know, like, the more you do these, the more, the more you, can, you can't just kind of be the big showbiz. You've got to just be yourself. Well, yeah, I don't know. Just, I think you can get way more out of people if you just yourself. You're man. honest, you know, that's it. And that's it, it got to be. got to be. What's the point in being a dickhead? Well, that's it. Being, or being like, you know, f- fake and f- all the fakery, but just, you know, I love comedy, but, you know, be real. Yeah. I, I might be incorrect, but I like to think uh, the person I am off stage is relatively similar to the person I am on stage. Yeah. Uh, well, in terms of tonal differences, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, you are, man. You're exactly the same, exactly. You know, it's a warm, nice, you know, lovable guy you are. You know, yeah. that's it. No, that's snug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey Matt, look, thanks for coming. Matt Haas yeah. at Matt Haas Comedy. Yes, send those uh, flirty tweets in, please. Thanks uh, for coming on the Comedy Defect. I've really enjoyed it, man. It's uh, been real. Thank you for having me, really man. Uh, should we cabbage it? Do it. Let's cabbage it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>
Happy New Year.